Welcome to episode 71 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, we'll be talking about The Thing from 2011. Up in this bitch. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't know if you were doing like a monster impression or a little bit of both. Supposed to be cold. I can get the teeth chattering now. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Welcome everyone to the Movie City Maniacs. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie, and we are coming uh, to an end of our Who Goes There the Thing series with the remake slash prequel for 2011. It's gotta be a prequel, right? It's a prequel for sure, but. You could tell too, like the studio yeah. wanted to do a remake, and the the powers that be are like what? the writers wanted to do a prequel. Yeah, which it's interesting to do that because that that way they have like such a small window to choose from. They have to hit these marks. Yeah, well, we we can talk about why that happened and whatnot yeah. in a little bit. But uh, yeah, this is uh, it, it's been fun going through these. I mean, the first, mm. the original was the first. I believe that was the first, first time watch for me. We, uh, we both saw it. Um, of course, Carpenter's classic. And this movie, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've seen, I haven't it, seen since it since theaters. The theaters. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. I remember. Did you go see it with Steve Jones? Was that you, me, and Steve, or was uh, that it? Might have been. It might have been. But I remember. Um, enjoying it so we'll see if our opinions have changed at all Ooh. uh with definitely there's some very visible issues in there yeah. um which again we'll get into but uh anything exciting in the life of maddie before you know we... what uh, absolutely nothing my life sucks <laughs> <laughs> well i i just wanted to talk about nothing my life is also pretty uh <laughs> yeah. boring but i did want to mention uh two films i watched uh, n- nothing too uh, exciting here, but I uh, for I, I think I've mentioned it several times in the podcast. But at my work, we do uh, a film club. club, a movie club every month, and the the movie this uh, month with with <laughs> you sound like Sling Blade. My, are you doing like you're a Bubba Gump impression? That or, uh... was my uh, that was my Chevy Chase. Uh, my, I'm frozen. My lips are frozen. Nice. Uh, no, uh, we did uh, from 2000 Christopher Nolan's Memento. Oh, awesome! Which I, I I've seen it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen that movie several times, even. I, th- I feel like I've seen it in the last couple of years, but it was kind of fun this time watching it. Whereas like before I was watching it and every, and didn't really remember what happened this time. I kind of knew all the plot points. So mm-hmm. it was fun to go back into it knowing where it's going and then start looking for clues. And if yeah. it all adds up and I, I don't know that, that movie is fucking amazing. Like it I almost so enjoyed it more this time than I ever have. It's one of the movies, like the minute it ends, you could watch it again. Yeah. And it's, it's got like a great score. And for this like little production like mm-hmm. it just it's put together so well because the concept alone is very hard like how do you tell a story backwards and not mm-hmm. only a story but a, a mystery that you can't spoil yeah 
but the way it's done, like the transitions and even like, and then you have the black and white footage that's going forward and how that edits together. And it all, it's just like, it's, it's such a well-crafted. Yeah. Well, it's such an accomplishment when you watch mm-hmm. it. You're like, wow, like what a, what a masterpiece this was. Yeah. And like, and for one of his first films. How great is in that movie, by the way? Oh, he's he amazing. So good. He's so despicable, but kind of likable in the same See, way. I, I don't know if he's despicable. He's yeah. kind of more, um. What's the word I'm looking for? Not smarmy, smug. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like that. Like he's kind of always fucking with them. Yeah, but he also seems like uh, generally cares about him. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to help him out, but he's going to have fun with his friend's condition yeah. as well. But uh, Guy Pierce, I mean, this is the movie that put him on the map yeah. for me, and I became a fan and started checking out all his stuff. Uh, you got Carrie Ann Moss; she's yeah, good in this. So, so it's just—I don't know. It's—I'm not going to say it's a perfect film, and I. I mean, Christopher Nolan, for me, pretty much every film he does is almost a yeah. perfect film. And I, myself, I enjoy his bigger production. Like, as he went on, you know, the Inceptions yeah. and the Dark Knight and the Interstellars. But it is still really cool going back to see, again, this isn't his first film, but it's an early film in his mm. filmography. And, like, it, it's something special. What like, is his first movie? Uh, it's, I believe it's the called Killing? Following. Okay. Following, which I haven't seen. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say mm. I haven't seen it. I really should check that out. Um yeah, because every other of his films, I'd have to probably look at it. But I think every film he's put out, I love. I think is my favorite movie that year. Yeah, <laughs> like I'd have to really think. Maybe not Batman Begins, but even I that's Dark Knight Rises. Really good. I actually love yeah. Dark Knight Rises. I'm one of the weirdos that thinks mm-hmm. that movie's a masterpiece. But uh, yeah, anyways, I'm gonna give. Uh, oof, I might even go nine for yeah, Memento. I was say, yeah, nine is a really it's good. It's an eight point five, possibly nine. Um, but the, the other movie I wanted to talk about, uh, I was rushing to, to get through to make sure I watch it in time for this episode because I think it fits the uh, isolated, Winter sucks, wintry uh, uh, setting. From 1957, The Abominable Snowman, a.k.a. The Abominable Snowman of the Himalayas. Oh, shit. This is a very early Hammer production uh, mm. before they actually got into, I think it's one of their early... Yeah, before they did the Drac and then the Mummy and everything, they did this one. Um, they existed before that. They did crime films yeah. and pirate swashbucklers and stuff. But I believe this is one of their first horror films. And uh, it was quite enjoyable. It's one of those films, like, again, this is before they they were doing huge successes and they didn't have the huge the budgets. Budget. So it's one of those, uh, you know, it's more tell than show. Yeah. But what they do again, like with the setting and the atmosphere, which is very cool. Peter Cushing is the star of this one. He's a, uh, he's a, uh, what is he an expert on? Geologic, <laughs> geological expert. Endangered species, zoo, zoo, Zoological? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm terrible at that stuff. Yeah. But he's some kind of scientist. But anyways, yeah. he goes up with some men. Um, but the other men are more there to hunt the creature, and where he, wants, he to study. wants to study it, and you know, if anything, capture but, it, not kill it. How does a Bigfoot look, or the Sasquatch? Or um, I don't want to say too much. Again, yeah. you don't really get to see too much, but oh, I'll okay. say that. Um, you know, you get a hand here and there, some yeah. stuff in the shadows. But one thing they kind of added, which was. Weird, but I I don't know how I felt about it. But they they almost added this because they're originally staying with these monks, and they have this weird connection to this creature, and they kind of don't want them going up there. But you find out that the creature, the Bonnell Snowman or the Yeti, and there, there's several of them. They almost have like this weird psychic 
connection to people. Like it's <laughs> kind of weird. Like awesome. this guy is like almost like in a trance anytime it goes by, and he can he knows when it's near him. And then there's a scene where he climbs up and like kills himself, almost like they're controlling him. And there's other scene too where it's almost does like, it have like a weird like more like 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 no you you don't see head. it you just oh. like you'll hear the yeti screaming and yeah. then weird stuff happens or there's another scene where like they're in a cave and the one guy's like here's even though the radio's destroyed he's hearing a a radio announcement saying like you know you got to leave this cave or whatever and then the other guy's hearing his dead friend talk even though he's already buried him so it was kind of weird super almost supernatural yeah. elements like that that I thought was I, I don't know if I I don't know if it, I liked it or, or what but it was definitely mm. interesting I, it's you know the last thing I expect to see in a mm. film about yetis but uh, yeah it, it was fun again it, it wasn't um, it wasn't like mind blowing or anything I don't think they had quite hit their strides but like I, I don't know it felt like you're up on the you know the snowy hill. It's. I was just thinking, like, there hasn't been. Why doesn't someone do a really cool Yeti Abano snowman on like a snowy mountain? Like, a lot of the times they do it, and it's like Bigfoot. It's like the, out in the woods or whatever. Yeah. But it's. I'm talking like going up to like the Himalayas. Yeah, where it's actually like cold. And like, like they're that, actually like, there to investigate like, something. Um, and you're frozen in this thing, and this monster. And you're like, you're yeah. stuck in this area, yeah. and you're dealing with the elements of the and uh, the, con- the winter monster. and blizzards, and and also um, avalanches, all that kind yeah. of stuff. But also this monster as well hunting mm-hmm. you down. Like that. What a cool idea. It's unfortunate that you know we haven't. I don't know. I'm sure there is one, but I can't think of one yeah. since this one. But yeah, I, I had fun with it. I'm going to give it seven out of ten. So fun movie, eh? It's uh, it's worth a watch for sure, and you can definitely see the potential with the uh, the setting and atmosphere where they go <laughs> later on. I mean, that's always been one of they Hammer's got, highlights. They got atmosphere, right? Yeah, they were always great about doing. Uh, you know, their production quality was always top notch. Mm-hmm. So, and Peter Cushing, I mean, never really he disappoints. Can't really go wrong with that guy, no, right? No. Yeah, every time it seems like like that guy's filmography is just insane. It seems like every month I'm finding a new Peter yeah. Cushing film that's awesome. And things things you never even heard of, like no. He has like, oh, what's your favorite like a Yeti movie starring Peter Cushing? Like, there's a yeah. Yeti movie. Starring <laughs> Peter all right, man. Well, he's pretty much Van Helsing yeah. and all the Dracula, so he's exactly. awesome in all the Dracula. And then you also get he was uh, Doctor Frankenstein and, and they're Hammered Frankenstein, yeah. and those are some of the best yeah. um, adaptations of that character as well. So just. Hammer alone, he has like this insane filmography, and then you add in all the amicus and mm-hmm. all the sci-fi and everything. It's just what a yeah, what a crazy filmography. But uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Let's, get, we just in, jump let's into get into it. it, man. Let's get into this thing. Okay. Well, yes, we're covering the thing from 2011. We're gonna throw up the trailer now. Enjoy. Forty-eight hours ago, we found something quite remarkable. What'd they find? There's a structure in Antarctica, and a specimen. Really. Touching down. This is Kate Lloyd's Columbia Paleontology. Let me show you why you flew 10,000 miles. We estimate it's been here 100,000 years. I'm going to take a tissue or something. Do you really think that's a good idea? Yes, I do. You, my friends, will all be immortalized as the people who made this discovery. My God. Somebody was attacked. But it seems everyone is fine. Either someone miraculously healed themselves, or someone is not who they say they are. 
it doing to him? It's imitating his cells. I think this thing copies its prey and then hides inside it. What are you saying? Not all of us are human. Could be any of us. Makes it out of here. Millions of people could die. Paleontologist Kate Lloyd is invited by Dr. Sander Halverson to join his team who have found something extraordinary. Deep below the Arctic ice, they have found an alien spacecraft that has been there for perhaps 100,000 years. Not far from where the craft landed, they find the remains of the occupant. It's cut out of the ice and taken back to their camp, but as the ice melts, the creature reanimates and not only begins to attack them, but manages to infect them, with team members devolving into the alien creature. Yes, we are here to talk about the... Thing from 2011, like I said, this is the remake slash prequel. It's a prequel, but it's a prequel. I, I definitely get remake vibes oh, out of there of too. They definitely follow plot beats mm-hmm. from Carpenter's film for sure. And there's even some stuff that they take out of the original, the uh, thing from Another World. But even like they tried to do the uh, the blood test, but with the uh, cavity test, and like yeah, to such a failing like degree. Well, again, it's like one of those things that they don't want to copy. I think that is kind of an interesting way, but it definitely doesn't have... It's like an interesting way of doing it, but at the same time, it loses all the impact exactly that the uh, the original had. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I I guess um, before we dive into uh, our thoughts on it, let's just run down the little history of this film. So kind of cool, I found out that um, I guess after the success of the Dawn of the Dead remake, the producers, uh, Mark Abraham and Eric Newman, were looking of what to do next. Mm -hmm. And they came across John Carpenter's The Thing. And I, I, I think Universal actually wanted them to do a remake, but they felt like... That's pretty much a perfect film. It'd be like painting a mustache on the Mona Lisa. Like, I don't want to touch that. But I've always been curious about what happened before Carpenter's film. So why don't we do a prequel? And and yeah, it's kind of cool that they did. It's kind of fun, though, because they also mentioned, like, you know, I'd never, we never do Jaws or remake The Exorcist because those are like perfect films. Yeah. But then I'm thinking, but you remade Dawn of the Dead. Like, isn't Dawn of the Dead considered? Is that not on the, the tier of these other films? I don't know. But yeah, that, that's how this film was born. I believe they were looking at possibly doing some story with McCready's brother, which makes no sense. <laughs> him like coming up to find his brother? I, I don't know how he would fit in there, but yeah. there was talk of something like that. But yeah, so the, the studio ended up uh, hiring, I'm not going to say this guy's name uh, properly. Paul Ma- Smith? Math- Smythe? Math- Smith? Matthew Von Heinengen Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> As the director. <laughs> And Ronald D. Moore. Um, I looked up the director. He did do some other films, but nothing that I really recognize. Like more, uh, like probably films from where he's from. Yeah, because what was it like um, Swiss? I'm not too (laughs) sure. Uh, I'm not too sure where he was. Kind of cool that I was reading. So he was actually originally signed on to direct the Dawn of the Dead remake sequel. 
the, like and da- Zack Snyder, yeah, that Zack Snyder, I believe, wrote and produced. And it was, well, it was going to be called, yeah, Army of the Dead. And it was going to be set in Vegas. That just came out, right? Well, that's the thing. This, But that got canceled, and that's how he ended up on this. Oh. Which is like, on one hand, that would sadden me that we never got to do it. Yeah. But now we are, because yes, that is the film that Zack Snyder's finally releasing. Yeah. I guess, like, what is this, 10 years later yeah, almost? Because I guess that would have been coming out in well, 2010. Wasn't there a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, like called Day of the Dead, starring Vang Reeves as well? Vang Reeves, yeah. That was something, I think that was a different studio. Oh, altogether? Like, it, it had no connection. I think Vang uh, Reeves was a completely different character. Uh, uh, yeah, for some reason, they just never ended up getting that sequel to the Dawn of the Dead remake out there, cause, which is weird, because that was, a, I thought, a decent success. Yeah. But yeah, kind of cool that he was set to direct that and ended up on this. Um, one thing they did want from the beginning was to make the film about the paranoia and distrust. Um, and they wanted it to be where, they, I guess they're kind of inspired by Alien. They wanted it to be the less you see, the better. Yeah. And, and the director even mentioned uh, influences of uh, Roman Plansky and Rosemary's Baby. There's one scene that's like taken directly from Alien, right? Yeah. Well, what's funny about all that is the film kind of, and we can talk about what happened over time, but he was not happy with the the final uh, turnout of this film. I don't think many people were happy with the final (laughs) turnout of this film. Because, yes, this is the complete opposite of this movie. This movie, like, the paranoia is there, but it's all about, like, how much of the creature can we show? And it's all, like, jumping around, and it's constantly popping out all the time. You really miss, like, the... the, the, you Of course, like, the the 80s film had these big bombastic effects that were ahead of its time and, like, gross and, like, holy shit. But... When it didn't have those effects, it was like this really subtle. You were it was tense. This movie is lacking tension. Yeah, exactly. This is missing the subtlety of the the eighties film. I find like this film, it's like the creatures jumping around. It's always yeah. showing itself, and like I don't know the, you never really got a lot of that paranoia and who to yeah. trust. Like you get a couple moments, but it's definitely not the same. Where At you know all. you're watching everyone's move and when did that person turn. But, yeah, the, the director did not have a positive experience. He actually pretty much quit filmmaking for, like, 10 years or something <laughs> after this. Um, or at least Hollywood filmmaking. Yeah. I think he went back to his country and he's been doing smaller Well, apparently all the actors films. in this were, like, uh, stars in, uh, where was it from? Like, it wasn't Swiss. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. I, yeah. I always hate naming that because then I look like an yeah. idiot. But like Denmark yeah, or something like that. Like, a lot of them are yes, foreign actors. Like they yeah. have big filmographies, but mostly like the Brad from Pitt their country. Like, or they would do American films, yeah. but they would have like the bit parts here and there. Like yeah. when you needed that foreign criminal yeah. or terrorist. Though, well, they, you recognize you a lot of these them. guys went on like success. One guy's from Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit about them uh, when we get to the, the cast. But the, the screenplay, uh, they originally hired Ronald D. Moore uh, to work on the screenplay. He's famous. He did like uh, pretty much most of the Star Trek Next Generation episodes. He was the creator of Battlestar Galactica and did most of the stuff oh, wow. for that. So big sci-fi guy. Strangely, one of his credits was uh, not the full screenplay, but he came up with the story idea for Mission Impossible 2, which is kind of weird. <laughs> like this big sci-fi uh, all these, you know, really intricate advanced plots, and then MI2, which is like kind of the dumb Mission Impossible film. But uh, he's still working. I guess he just did the Outlander TV series, which I haven't watched, but I guess it's lasted several seasons. But cool. I think he was a creator of that, too. But he was hired. Um, I'm not sure what happened to him, but something happened because they end up hiring this Eric Heiserer or Heiserer. Um, and uh, I don't know what happened with him, though. They don't really mention, but I guess he went on and did some, like, co-creator or something of some series called Helix, which was 
about a team of scientists at a remote Arctic research base combating a lethal alien virus-like organism that horrifically right. mutates humans and could wipe out humanity if spread. So he kind of like, it sounds like I've he I've seen left. this movie. <laughs> he took his ball and went home, or in this case, took his story and, yeah. and put it somewhere else. Well, it's but, almost like he just mutated it into a different story, just like the thing. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of his elements are still in the, the script. It sounds like who this, um, this Eric guy was more hired because they wanted to, once they realized it was going to be a prequel, I guess they wanted him to do all the research. I, well, they kind of had to base the plot. Like it's, it's, it was a weird way it's for them to do like it. They saw a crime scene and they had to make the crime. Yeah, happen. exactly. It's like you know, an axe is here. Yeah. You know, this guy is frozen with his wrist slit. You know, there's something a monster creature burnt outside. Yeah, this wall is broken into. Whatever. So they had to like, yeah, exactly. Watch that. And apparently, the director had like his laptop had like hundreds or thousands of images from the film and you know they they did they really took it seriously they about did getting their all homework. this detail. I'll give it to them. They did their homework. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you that's one thing. I mean, this movie definitely has its issues, but that's not one of them. I mean, even the helicopter, they got the same helicopter yeah. and it's got all the logos like every it's painted the same way. Every little detail is kind of in there which I thought was kind of cool. I guess even when they were doing the sets, they were like, "Well, Kurt Russell is five foot ten, five foot eleven, so the sets would have to be this big." That he so would they have to actually walk so they yeah did the, the math exactly. Um, and even I guess in the commentary, they mentioned that um, one of the the remains that uh, Kate Lloyd is examining is actually one of the dog props from uh, the original oh, things. So crazy, but yeah. Anyways, I, I think that is definitely one element that they were successful mm-hmm. on. Um, the story, of course, we know is who goes there, John W. Campbell. Again, we're not going to go too much into him. And then the score was done by Marco Beltrami. Um, he has like 131 credits. His name, everything from Scream and Mimic and Faculty oh, wow. to Hellboy, Terminator 3. Have a lot of remakes like the Omen remake, uh, Woman in Black, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, Carrie, World War Z. Recently he did Quiet Place, Logan. Actually, he recently just did Scary Stories of Tell in the Dark. Awesome. I'll say this straight away, and I don't know your thoughts on I thought the score was very forgettable. I can't even... You know when the best score moment is? When they did that. At the fucking end, when you're getting the the setup to the 80s film. That's exactly Like, when that comes in, it's like, why was it not in the whole movie? Like, that, like, comes in, you're like, oh, shit, yeah. yeah." Like, it just... It's so good. In the beginning, they had it a bit in the background, like the dunk, dunk, dunk thing. Like, oh, cool, this is going to be all right. Then it just kind of completely... And looking at his credits, like he has 131 credits, but I've seen a lot of those movies. I really like all those movies. I can't remember. I don't remember the score in any one of those. So, um, I mean, not to knock the guy, maybe it's just one of those things where I went through them. I'd notice how impressive some of them were, but um, he's definitely not a guy that creates scores that um, really stand out to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess we'll just quickly run through the cast and then we'll get into our thoughts on the film. Uh, So we got Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I love her. Oh, she's she uh, so she's charming. like the genre, genre queen. Yeah. Um, I think from Final Destination 3, and maybe that's why I love that film so much. Yeah. I know you're not a fan, but that's always been one of but my favorites. But she is so cute, right? Um, but she's just, she's she's charming. got the charming, and, and then just like, again. The, and she's got the chops too, right? The talent, and also she just picks movies that I want to yeah. watch. Like, I mean, Black Christmas remake, maybe not yeah. so much, but she was in Grindhouse, the Death Proof mm. sequence, Scott Pilgrim, 10 Cloverfield Lane, the yeah. Fargo TV series. Apparently she's coming up in Birds of Prey, the new. Um, apparently she's an Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. I picked it up for like three A bucks song, for like right? the three three D Blu Ray disc. So I, I need to. I'm curious again. Now that I see that she's in, I kind of want to watch, watch it. it. But 
Yeah, she does a lot of movies that I enjoy, but she plays the paleontologist in this. Mm-hmm. Um, they come in and she's like doing some work on a bear, and they tell her like, "If you're interested, this is going to be a big deal. Yes but you got to come up no. now." Yeah, exactly. You got to drop what you're doing, and she jumps on. Um, they wanted her to be quite a bit different from Kurt Russell. One of the things they said there, she's actually kind of more inspired by uh, Ripley from the Aliens that films. That makes sense. You know, she's kind of the female leader, yeah. kind of badass, takes charge. Of course, she's got the flamethrower. Um, we got Joel Edgerton in there who is kind of, he's almost like the, the he's well, he's the pilot. So he's, yeah. he's kind of the McCready character of the movie, but he doesn't obviously have the same leadership skills. Nah. Like he's kind of there in the background, then he disappears for a bit. Like he doesn't even know what's going on. He's not really part of the, the study. And then he shows up, you know, near yeah. the end to kind of be the hero or whatever. But um, Joel Argentin, he's he's a good actor. He's yeah, one of those guys, like, he's always good and you stuff. You always forget about him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you look at, like, Midnight Special was yeah. great. It comes at night. Yeah, just a lot of stuff. I'm looking at his credits, and it's like, he, apparently, yeah, he was Owen in the Star Wars prequels. I forgot about that. But Oh, weird. He's one of those guys, yeah, like, I'm not going to say I'm an yeah. Edgerton fan. I'm not searching out yeah. movies that he's in, but every time if he's he was in, in he's Vampire, uh, Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter, you wouldn't watch it. No, but, uh, well, I'm already watching that now for Winstead, but... Yeah. um yeah, we got. Uh, I'm not going to go through too much of the cast because a lot of them, like we mentioned, are kind of uh, the one cat's Game of Thrones, the one cat's uh, Community. I've noticed. Well, well Ulrich Thompson, he plays yeah. the Doctor of this film. Yeah, he was kind of an inter- interesting character because he's almost more of a throwback to the Doctor. Yeah, because he was a bit like swarmy, from like, thing from another something world. Something was up with him, but he like he, nothing came of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. But um, he's yeah, Ulrich Thompson plays him, and uh, he, he was in Season Witch, Centurion, some other stuff, but. Um, yeah, I, I guess they originally hired uh, some actor, Dennis uh, or Story, uh, who, if you look at him, he's just a guy that's been in a bunch of stuff, too. And again, one of those foreign actors yeah. that, you know, they're not starring in the North American films. But, but they're probably huge. In, you, uh, you've probably, in you'll see them and you'll be like, oh, that guy I've seen in tons yeah. of stuff. But they originally hired this guy, but I guess um, he kept on, like, uh, showing up and causing scenes and sets. Like he, I guess he was, like, a drunk or something. <laughs> The director said he was showing up, uh, showing up drunk all the time, and so he fired him. But then he argues that it was, uh, you know, he left for his own personal reasons yeah. that he wasn't happy. I with, want but, more drinks. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, we got um, Eric Christian Olsen. He's the other American actor. Mm-hmm. I always get this guy mixed up. Who's the guy that's in trouble right now with like? He's in Deadpool and Underwater. He's just recently in. Oh, T.J. Miller. Yeah, I always get these two guys mixed yeah. up. I always thought they're the same guys, but it's like when I'm looking through, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, oh, that wasn't T.J. Miller. That was this guy. Yeah, in like well, T.J. Miller is um, Silicon Valley, and uh, this guy was Community. Okay. Um, but yeah, well, and this well, this guy is uh, NCIS Los Angeles. So I guess he's been doing ah, that for like 100 episodes yeah. or more or something. I didn't realize, too, did you remember they did a Dumb and Dumber prequel called Dumb and Dumberer when Harry met Lloyd and it's them as teenagers? <laughs> I was just going through no. his filmography, and I totally forgot about that because, like, I've seen the Dumb and Dumber sequel, but I totally yeah. ignored this one when it came out. Um, but he was—he played Lloyd Christmas. I would have lost money on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's like totally one of those things. Like, I knew about it then, and remember the trailers, and it's just like my cleared out of my mind, and it's like, well, what? for obvious yeah, reasons, yeah. right? I guess I didn't run out and buy it, but um, he's in there. Uh, he's just one of the scientists. Um, like the original film and almost like, I guess, like the book, there's a lot yeah. of characters in this. I find mm-hmm. there's like, I, I don't know, what is there, 12 or 15? Yeah, and like, you don't, the, Yeah, they, they kind of all blend. I mean, again, maybe we're being racist here, but I thought they all kind of just were 
foreign guys that kind of blend in. Even like the, in the other girl, like, I, what did she do? Like, I don't, I don't know. What her, no, well, again, uh, yeah. I think she was female, so she stood yeah. out because she was the other female there. But no, yeah, none of the characters had that much personality yeah. in this. Um, other than, yeah, like the scientist is kind of the evil scientist yeah. guy. And the one guy who couldn't talk. Yeah, yeah. The, um, didn't speak English. That's, um, is that uh, Lars? Yes, it would have been yeah, Lars. He's, yeah, Lars is the guy that, and yeah. he's the guy that, I don't think we're spoiling, yeah. we know it's people, but he's the guy that uh, opens up yeah. the John Carpenter's, I think we'll, we'll just say. His sole job was to be the guy who doesn't speak English, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And then, but yeah, you got a bunch of people, I'm not going to go through them all, because again, they're kind of, like you mentioned, they're all forgettable. forgettable. There is uh, the, Joel Edgerton's character has his mm. buddy. Yeah. Um, the other pilot. Uh, yeah, it, and... Um, Der- Derek Jameson, the other co-pilot. But again, the, mm. I, none of them were that. Yeah, me- memorable. I hate to say it. This whole movie could well, be. What? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, well, we'll wait. We'll no, wait. no, no. We don't have to wait. Yeah. Let's let's get into it now. I think that one word sums up this movie, and that's completely forgettable. Right? Am I wrong in this? Like I, no, exactly. I watched this last night, and on my way here, I'm like, well, "What happened? I don't remember yeah. anything about this well, movie." Like, I, I think, and maybe it would have like. I remember seeing theaters, like, oh, it was fine. Yeah. But I think watching it after the, even the original, but definitely watching after the yeah. Carpenter film, it's like, it's a huge drop in quality. It like, is. It, it still has those interesting elements that so you have a group of people. I love, you know, movies where they're stuck mm-hmm. in one desolate yeah. location. I love like that. the bottle episode kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I like where there's creatures outside. I like the, the setting, you know, the winter, the Antarctic. But, yeah, everything else is just. Some ideas are interesting as hell, but, like, they just didn't. The uh, fact that they were CGI plus yeah puppets just really didn't make well, sense. I guess we can talk about yeah. that now. So that that was a that's a huge. I think everyone that talks yeah. about this film knows about that. <laughs> uh, Alec Gillis, I believe, was mm-hmm. one of the creature effects supervisors. Anyways, there's a bunch of them. Actually, these are the same guys I found out that also were hired when Ridley Scott, which how cool would have that been, was going to do I am there, I am Legend. Oh. And he had he was going to do with he hired these guys and they did tests and they were actually going to do makeup and everything. You can find the tests online for that movie too, and they look yeah, incredible. Badass! You could actually see the, the the for the vampires. You could see they made the skin this way that you could actually see like the veins and everything inside. But like, it looks so cool in that movie. Same thing. That movie. Yeah. That movie's at least a decent movie. But it really loses it a lot with the terrible, yeah. terrible CGI. And this film, it's like it's an okay movie that really drops because of CGI. But yeah, they actually, you can find like footage online and it looks incredible. They did everything with practical effects, animatronics. And this is like yeah. animatronics and all these practical effects of this day and age. So they were even more ad- advanced possibly. Yeah, making of this, they had like really cool monsters looking guys. They had yeah. it all set up. They had the animatronics and whatnot. But the they, one that got the two face attack, you yeah. seem like, and it's actually like stretches and it looks like Great. it looks real. And yeah, I guess they showed it and people came away saying, ah, it kind of felt 280s. And it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, that seems... Uh, so the the the, the producers freaked out, and they it was supposed to be like from the beginning when the computer effects they mentioned it was going to be to create extensions on some of the the animatronic yeah. effects, so just little things here and there, you know, touch up the little things that are a bit uh, awkward from the practical effects, and then they would use it for matte paintings and set extensions. Yeah, that was what they it was supposed to be, and that's what like these guys close up into the end thought that's what it was going to be because this movie I think they didn't finish until like two weeks before release because they were oh, fucking around with ball. it but they pretty much like redid the whole movie after the people didn't give it a, a positive rating uh, during the press um, oh, that uh, is... during the uh, advanced screenings that yes they 
they went back and they just redid everything in CGI. That's crazy. And there's even crazy stuff which we can talk about with the ending, but there's even like the ending they redid and actually like covered up and an alien creature that we never even get to see in this version with like CGI. It looked like something out of Resident Evil video games. It's awful. Do you know what I'm like, saying? Like yeah. not even like like once from like PS3 Resident yeah. Evil. Like it just seems like ah, what am I watching? I mean, this film is always going to be a lesser Carpenter yeah, film, but I think if you had good effects, it could have been like a. It would have helped there. It would have helped. I mean, you would have still had the problems where the characters aren't that interesting yeah. and whatnot, but like. That would have been huge, whereas now we have an okay film with atrocious CGI. And it's really unfortunate, too, because even like the designs and the ideas behind the creatures are they great. They look great, like, but... When you, they're splitting apart and all that stuff for the guys carrying them and all of a sudden Even like off. when they're in the helicopter, the guy's face splits. Oh, like, it's awesome. That would be cool, but it just but looks yeah, so bad. Exactly. It's like you appreciate the idea, but it, it, it looks so bad that you can't appreciate it. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know. Even going back, so they do, of course, you got to have the really cool title opening. But even that, like that was done digitally this time it around. It looked worse than the one from the 50s. Oh, yeah. Well, it definitely, because that one, they the way they did it was this cool effect. This one, they just did it on the computer. Yeah. And you can tell, like, it just doesn't have that same. I don't know how to, to describe it. It just wasn't, it just doesn't look that cool. It has no aesthetic. No. But they, they were going to um, originally open the film with the alien inside the ship and you're going to find out that it's actually committing suicide and crash landing to kill this other alien that I guess the plan was going to be that there was this alien species that had in jars all these other aliens that it captured and this alien broke out of the the jail and then took over this alien so the 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 pilot alien crashes the ship to try to kill them all um that's what the plan and they were going to actually open interesting and show idea, that idea right yeah. But we did not get that. I don't know if that was ever shot, and I don't know if yeah. no. The ending I think must have been shot because they actually had to cover yeah. it up. But I'm not sure if that was ever shot. That'd be interesting. What do you think of like I don't want to go to the ending, but like even that like when they go to the spaceship, that just seems so yeah. silly to me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't think they needed that. Again, I, I find the thing films for me work best where like you're stuck in a small location exactly, and you can't go outside and there's this alien creature not only outside but inside and you don't know who trusts and then you start turning each other that's where these things work for me when you start like running and you're having this big alien creature chasing you and these big action scenes and then you go to this Mm. huge spaceship and you're going like yeah it's just I don't know. It felt it loses the point. I felt again that it's missing the the subtlety It's, it's too big and too splashy and too like Show me. Whereas it it would have worked better with their original in- yeah. intention, where it's like less is more um, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but yeah, it, it it does take place in 1982. One thing I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, like it never feels like 82. The fashions, the hair, yeah, the like even the jokes are like okay. Yeah, I, I, it was it was the weird only to, time is because she's listening to like an 80s song. It's like okay, but even the headphones she had like modern yeah. like, headphones back then were big. I believe they she has like they, these tiny yeah. like kind of. I don't know, slick black headphones, yeah. which I don't think they were back then. I could be wrong. They were but... very like unflattering. Yeah. They had like big orange sponges and yeah. shit like that. <laughs> um, again, my, my biggest problem with this film is that other than Winstead, who's awesome, everyone else just kind of blends in and they're, they're not really that interesting. And, and again, it does feel like it's a remake where it goes through beat by beat 
But everything is not done as well. It's done, I don't want to say poorly, but yeah, it's just like, it's like a second, second tier. You have the scene where they've burned the guy out in the snow and yeah. they're all surrounded around talking, but it's not as yeah. nearly as interesting, even close to as interesting as the 80s one. You get instead of the blood test scene, you get the cavity, cavity scene. scene. I thought that was an interesting take. Even like when she's like going through it, like, well, what's this? It's like the uh, joint bone, like it holds your bones together, like a plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Well, what kind of sucks about that scene, mm. though, if you have good teeth, teeth you're, you're fucked. Like, I've never had a cavity in my life, yeah. so like, I'd be thrown in and yeah. that's the thing, and like everyone else would be. You'd safe. be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's you know. the one guy was saying, like, because I have perfect teeth, I floss, I'm yeah. getting the. But I, I guess it is a way of, of at mm. least narrowing them down. It's not like they were saying they were going to kill those yeah. three. It's not imagine that, like, uh, yeah. Let me see. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it still sucks to be that guy. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, everything just seems kind of lesser. The one thing I do like, though, that they added to it was you kind of get the, due to the language barriers and the culture differences, you have like people kind of teaming up. Each other, and, yeah. You know, this group of people and, you know, you can't trust the Americans mm. and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was at least adding something different yeah. to it. But yeah, I don't know. The monster, like we mentioned this one, the alien, you just see a lot of it all the time. And it's just like, and you could argue like, you know, why is it so stupid? Like in the 80s film, it goes in and you don't know from the beginning who it is and it's slowly taking over person by person. Mm -hmm. This film, it's like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna rip apart and start attacking the middle of the hallway, so everyone sees. And like every, it constantly doing that. It's gonna chase this guy down the hall or do this. I don't know. I mean, you could argue that it's this is early on. It doesn't understand how humans work, and it hasn't quite figured out the yeah. best way to do its attack. But to me, I bet you it's just the studios were like, we need more. Yeah. Again, I almost get the impression the director shot this more subtle paranoia, interesting this little film with really cool practical mm-hmm. effects, and then the people went and saw it, and young I, teens, I'm and were like, curious it's too, about I'm bored. these like uh, focus groups. Like, yeah. who's going to these? And like. Hey, if you say you don't like it, you get pizza. Like, yeah, it's just so unfortunate that these like thirty assholes. Yeah, exactly. Ruined Sony movies. Like people who probably like (laughs) they think like um, a a dumberer and dumberer is like the height of comedy. Yeah, is like watching this like this sucks. Well, the the problem is too. It's not like a lot of these people know we're going to see the thing, and it's like okay, horror fans, if you want to see it, come to this screening. A lot of the time, it's like they just hand out tickets, and you don't really know what you're going to see until you get in there. So you might get some guy that wanted to see it or an old couple that doesn't like horror, people that don't yeah. like, you know, gory effects or anything. So you t- teens that don't like uh, practical effects. Like, it, you just don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I'm sure some of those groups have done good things and changed some movies for the better, but it, it does always seem like, you know, the better ending because it's more of a downer has to get changed because audiences want a happier ending. And, and that that film, this fo- film especially, I get that impression. Could you imagine being like a, uh, someone who made this, like, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, they worked in this for like two yeah. years, two and a half years, and like a focus group comes in and like, hey, yeah, get rid of all these effects. We need more computer-generated shit. Like, well, imagine the effects, guys, because yeah. like they, how much work yeah. and time they put into that. Like, they, from what I've heard, like this movie was finished. So I'm hoping one day it probably won't ever happen because no. I don't think it's a big enough film. But who knows? Like down the road, Scream Factory gets it. <laughs> you know, that would be a selling point. Like I would buy it again. I would buy it actually. And I'd be curious to see it again. And, and you know, if the film is already finished and possibly even with that original ending, give, why not give it you up? You know, yeah. Like it, maybe it's, it's really fucking cool. Yeah. But yeah, that it just, I'm curious. I don't know. How does movie perform? 
Well, yeah, I guess we can talk about it now. It, uh, yeah, it was it was a box office bomb. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes it had an average rating of thirty five percent. Yep. And on a hundred and seventy eight reviews, it had an average rating of five point zero two out of ten. So not critics didn't really like it. Budget thirty eight million. And it brought in worldwide thirty one point five. So they say you have to make two and a half times your budget before you even yeah. see a profit. So this movie needed to make a hundred million before it even saw a profit, and it did thirty million total. Yeah, so, so that's it was a not huge, good. Huge bomb. And yeah, maybe I guess this was the height of like remakes too. Everyone was kind of like remake yeah, burnout yeah. too, right? So they tried arguing like, ah, oh, it's maybe the you know if you didn't know the thing like. A movie titled The Thing just doesn't attract people. And it's like, I don't know. I think it's just the sh- it wasn't a very good yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. And like the people that would have turned out to see it, you kind of fucked over and turned yeah, exactly. off. Like, when you think of The Thing, even the Carpenter's film, don't get me wrong, the acting, everything about it's fantastic. We talked about the last episode how pretty much every element of that is perfect. They even it's said near it, perfect. in the documentary, it is the Citizen Kane of films for like special effects guys. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> the, the main thing that everyone talks about, even people yeah. that don't have the same affinity for the film yeah. they still remember the effects so when you hear they're doing a new thing the first thing you think about is like oh man how cool the effects can yeah. look now and instead we got this where it's like wow how not only like the, don't give it those the effects are atrocious now but they were bad then yeah i remember when we came out of theater we're like that was a decent movie but those effects really fucking sucked they, they were terrible like they really put you out of it right like yeah, like uh, even the face so melt bad. scene was so bad. And again, it's like you can kind of get like giddy and like, oh, that was kind of cool. I loved it, like where he's walking the guy back that's hurt, and all of a sudden, he is that arm, was interesting like, as hell. I'll give it to you. Like that was interesting. Like, all that stuff is great yeah. ideas. It's just, but when it then happens, you're like kind of giddy of the idea, but then yeah. it looks so bad. You're kind of like, Ugh. yeah. It's like. You give me something good, but then you take more away, yeah. and I'm at like you know a negative by the end of it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I do have some more to talk about for the finale, but I guess we can talk about that in spoilers. Um, what else you got to say? Like, yeah, I don't know. Do you do you, have do you just want to go to the spoilers? Well, I, why don't we give our rating, and okay. then we'll go into the spoilers. I was thinking about this a lot all day, and the movie pretty much exited my brain the minute the credits were done so i got, i'm going 5.5 because i still enjoyed some of the ideas yeah. and some of it was done well again it, it is a great concept yeah. of people trapped in one location but with a monster and it, it wasn't like a thing sequel i would probably give it like four what i liked about this film is like oh yeah there's an axe in the door See, there's uh, a thing that's burned and yeah, like i don't know i wonder if i would have enjoyed it more when i'm not so? watching it after the carpenter film and not yeah. comparing it just because again like i think if it I, wasn't I like these type of films compared like to the thing you wouldn't even have heard of it you wouldn't it would have be definitely out, been forgotten. Out of your it would have been another, guess, right? yeah, another movie. For, uh, yeah, like a spoiler alert, but this will not make my top horror of the decade oh, no? list. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I, I think I liked it a little bit more than you because, yeah. again, there's, there's stuff in there I like. But yeah, there's also a lot that pulls it back. I'm going to go six and a half out of 10. Oh, wow. It's not quite like it's not good, but it's kind of like that okay has close to being good, but then every time it gets close, it kind of, you know what I mean, pulls itself back. Like, I I, I like... 6.5, that seems high, doesn't it? Like Well, 6 is an okay movie. So it's like, again, 7's yeah. like a good film. 6 is like an okay film. It's in, in between there for me. Uh, all right, all right. 
I, I again, I do like a lot. I guess I liked it more than yeah. you. Uh, I thought like it, looking. I guess if you can look past like when those this uh, alien mm. CGI scenes happen, the kills happen. If you can look past and say yes, that CGI sucks, but that was a cool idea, a cool scene. I yeah. liked a lot of that. I liked uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I yeah. liked the setting, and you know, it looked fine. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a bad film. It's just not a good film. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of like you said. It's just kind of that mediocre film. It just sits there, and it's like completely forgettable. It has potential. I think if you add in the practical effects, this could be, you know, a seven, the, maybe the, even the a seven and a half for me. So heavily on the effects, though. Like that was yeah. the only reason you're watching this film. It just didn't deliver. But again, I, I like some stuff that you know the the cavity scene is not as effective mm. as. The blood test scene, but it was still kind of a fun idea to think about that now that, oh, yeah, it can't replicate. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, the one thing, though, does, like, does it replicate clothes? We don't ever... That's exactly the other thing I was thinking of, right? And the original in the, thing, in the 80s, well, sorry, like, the dirty 80s, drawers and Yeah, whatnot, exactly. Right? But this one, like, one of the characters near the end, I won't spoil it, but he disappears, yeah. comes back, and you find out he is the thing. Same clothes. But he's got the same clothes. It's like he doesn't have the... The thing that she notices yeah. him in him, the uh, I'll just say the metal. <laughs> Why don't we just talk about spoilers? Yeah, let's just go into spoilers. But yeah, again, I, I don't think it's an awful film, but it just it's so disappointing what potential it had. And, and yeah, I guess that I want I did want to mention the effects guys did go on to do a movie called Harbinger Down in 2015, which they put together as a Kickstarter, saying like all the effects we, that we didn't get to use, we're yeah. going to do in this. And uh, it got its funding and and came out. I was so excited for it. The movie is crap. Oh, that's dick. Because it's like a, it's an effects guy directing. It just doesn't have a budget. Uh, it doesn't have. The guy's not a you know a director. Yeah. Um. But it was still fun to kind of see some of the leftover stuff in it. I mean, you weren't getting they, they weren't allowed to reuse the, the the. Yeah, I assume. But it was kind of like we're going to take the money and do practical effects. But it's it's worth checking out, I guess, if you did want to see. But the, I would say go on YouTube. And watch uh, just all the, the, you can find tons of tests and everything on this and see what a lot of these creatures looked like uh, practically. Uh, But yeah, here we're going to go into spoilers. We'll put the time at the bottom if you don't want it uh, ruined for you. Um, So yes, it turns out that it is Joel Joel Edgerton and Mary Elizabeth Winstead are the only two left. They go into a spaceship and it's all crazy. I think that's fucked up, right? And then it turns out at the end that he was somehow taken over by the time they escaped because he is he has an earring and the earring is no longer there and yeah. she notices it but yeah I, I don't get because he has the same clothes and everything I believe it's weird right but the thing is when she burned him he didn't change back either yeah so I wonder if like he just kind of lost his earring or some shit like that or but like he does go to the wrong ear either. yeah so I like, think you know I think yeah. he definitely is the alien but yeah let's talk about the original ending as I mentioned, the opening, how it was originally going to set up, you were actually going to see all that. So you were going to see inside the spaceship, it'd be littered with like dead aliens and stuff like that and dismembered creatures that oh, cool. are burnt and, and various states of transformations. Um, I guess there would be broken like pods and stuff. Almost like a, like a science uh, fair gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. I think that would have been really cool. And then, yeah, you would see the thing has taken over the pilot creature. Uh, you know that there's a weird scene in the end there where there's like this... It's like this texture thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't I even know what the fuck was that. They don't explain what it. What's going on there? Um, someone says, I guess it could be like a mapping device, or it also could yeah. be the how the ship operates and moves. <laughs> Bless you. Thanks. Uh, 
But yeah, what it was originally supposed to be was that's where the pilot thing would be hanging there or something. So that's actually there. If you look carefully, it's behind all that. And they literally threw that on the top because they had already filmed that. And they're like, oh, we, we got to cover up this thing. So there's no point to it. It's just uh, like that a cover just, To up. me, that yeah. seems like something you would reshoot. But again, maybe they were running out of time that they were working on this two weeks before the film came out that they're like, we don't have time to reshoot this. It's just like, how? what can we put on top yeah. of that? I mean, it looked kind of cool. It was kind of interesting, but it didn't really make like it didn't whatsoever. But yeah, it, it's a shame that uh, we did not get that because I think that would have been pretty amazing. I don't know. I think that wouldn't re- been really cool. Uh, the other thing is, what happens to Kate? Does she survive? Yeah, we don't know. Um, and even like the ending, it just seems like they had to uh, uh, sew it together. Like yeah. even the, the pilot that came down, he started shooting. He's like, "Hey, whoa, 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 whoa!" Yeah. But then, like in the the original, well, not the original movie, but the eighties uh, version, he's in it. Like he's like, "Oh shit, we gotta get this dog." And then, like, well, I have no idea what's going on either. Yeah. Guys. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I, w- I will say, when that score comes, oh on, yeah, like that's you're, a, you're excited. That's almost the best part and of the movie. Even the cat, like uh, <laughs> the guy who had the uh, slit throat and the slit wrist. Like, yeah, I wonder what happened there. Like, so that they actually filmed too, and that's on, oh. that's a deleted scene on the Blu-ray and the DVD. Okay. Uh, so it is on there. So um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's weird that they cut things like that. There's another scene too where w- another one of the characters um, dies, and he they find him, and he starts turning, and he does the scream, which is again not as good as the uh, yeah. original, but again, or sorry, the '80s version. But again, another scene that was kind of almost a remake. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so th- there's on the Blu-ray there's a bunch of deleted scenes that are actually decent. Um, but that's one of them, and the other one is you actually do see, get sick. I so he's in the room and he hears like the thing outside, the the thing coming from. So he does that. He slits his wrist, walks over, sits on the chair, and then slits his neck. It's on the the Blu-ray. Oh, so cool. like, why would you cut that out? Yeah, it seems weird. <laughs> and it's this kind of cool scene where it has this almost like emotional music playing, and it's just what it added. Like again, when I think of that Norwegian camp when they go there. You think of that scene, right? I remember the, the burnt uh, alien with the, yeah. t- the face, the two face coming out. So it's like, I want to know what ha- where that guy came from yeah. and I want to know why the guy slows That's wrist. exactly it. Why would you take out that scene? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the decisions they were making. Again, this is where Studio Brass should not be in charge of a movie like this. Like, be in charge of your 200 million superhero yeah. flicks or whatever. When it comes to a thirty million budget, let the, let the uh, fucking let the director do, do his do his thing. I mean, at worst, I mean, you you couldn't have lost any more money than they did. Yeah. You might as well have let the director possibly release something that maybe would have became a cult film later on and would have made the money yeah. the money back in Blu-ray sales or something. Instead, you came out with something that who wants to run out and buy this when it hits Blu-ray? But I guess I did. But <laughs> yeah, mind you, I think I bought it like it was like one of those cheap box. I bought it. Yeah, specials. it was like yeah. I think I picked up mine for like three fifty. And I'm glad I did because I haven't watched it since. This is the first time. So, like, I don't think I'm going to watch it again, buddy. <laughs> I guess that's it for uh, spoilers. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't know when I'll, I'll be excited to want to watch, rewatch yeah. the film. I'm going to keep it for my collection because I have the other two. Yeah, and why would you? I'm weird it. like that. But, and I, I don't know. I need to watch. I didn't get a chance to watch the making of. I have a feeling it's going to be those very, like, those ones that come out now where they're boring and yeah. they're just like promoting the film. 14 minutes. And the it's, director's acting yeah. like he had a good time. I want to yeah. see, you know, again, I want to see Screen Factory get the rights to this film in five years, release it with the practical effects cut, yeah. and then have an hour document where the director's just pissed. and That would be, And, yeah. you know, talking about how they fucked up his movie. Yeah. And, and even even the cast and everything, I'm curious what their thoughts on it. Like, if you were a fan of the 80s film and that's why you did it, and then this is the film that you got, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I guess watching the whole the three films, obviously, I'm assuming Carpenter would rank number one. High yeah. Above. What What's your thoughts between this one and the original? The original is so much better. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I like the original. I like the uh, charm of everybody. Like, like, the original, at least, even though it has a goofy monster, I'll take the goofy monster over the CGI. Yeah, one. I'll, I'll give it. Yeah, for sure. At least it didn't take me out of. I, it did a little bit, I guess, but it didn't take me out like this one. Like, mm-hmm. literally, took me out of the film, and I was, yeah, really I was done. <laughs> Done with it. I felt bad for the actors because it seemed like they had such a yeah. hard time trying to get in it. And it's weird though because I thought when we first came through, I thought we both yeah. were like, that was pretty good. Yeah. But it does seem like it's a film that has not aged well. No. Like the effects are even worse. And it's not even just the effects. So we keep on bringing up the effects because they are so bad. But I think everything about it, and maybe it's just because we came, we watched it after the, the Carpenter film. I think that might be it too. But everything is just seems lesser. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Uh, I think that's about it for me. Cool. Well, this has been our coverage of the Who Goes There adaptations, the Thing series. I guess we, one thing I did want to mention before we leave, it was just announced, kind of funny timing there. They are doing another adaptation of Ooh, the Blumhouse, Thing. Blumhouse, eh? Yeah, Blumhouse is going to be producing it. I don't know. Blumhouse used to be a name I, I would get excited about, and now These that's like not so much. A twenty four is kind of the guys that Blumhouse yeah. used to be. Like now they're just doing like big budget sequels and remakes yeah. and all the same kind. Of, it seems like they're making a lot of the same mediocre shit. And I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can't say. I guess I'm excited about the new Halloween film, but other than that, I can't remember the last time I've been excited about a Blumhouse film. So I don't know. Their name doesn't hold the same cred to it me used to anymore. Hold water. Uh, so I'm kind of worried about that. I guess this is though. So who goes there? I guess started out as a bigger book, and uh, the editor, or whatever they they made them edit it down to a short story. So they recently discovered this original book. Oh shit! The original story, like in the past couple years. So this is the new movie is going to be based on that version where you get, I guess, more history on the alien and whatnot. So that might be interesting. It could be something different, yeah. but at the same time. We talk about, well, you didn't have as much problem with it, but I had a problem with showing the spaceship at the beginning of the Carpenter film. In yeah. this film, we both had a problem with like going in the spaceship and it's too big. And So I don't know, when you start going into the history of the alien stuff, is that going to ruin yeah. the impact of it all if we're opening up with CGI aliens <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. Well, we'll see, but... Um, yeah, maybe it'll be like the opening scene of uh, Critters. <laughs> like that has nothing to do with the actual movie. It'll just be like aliens. I'd be down with that, right? I'd, I'd rather watch Critters and this film again. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Anyways, we'll be back, guys. We're not sure what we're doing. We're still trying to figure that out. We do have planned next month is going to be the best of 2019. Uh, that's usually when we get that out. But we we might do uh, either an episode two before it or. or I, I don't know. We're going to figure we'll that talk. out, but uh, we, we got uh, some stuff planned, and then we're going to lead up to our big 75th uh, episode. Oh, so, uh, anyways, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this film. Were we too hard on it? <laughs> Do you think the CGI effects are awesome and better than the uh, effects, the Botin effects in the 80s <laughs> film? Let us know. Uh, you can get a hold of us on Twitter at MovieCityManiac. Uh, you can email us at uh, MovieCityManiacs at gmail.com. And then uh, Facebook, we have a page you can like and or uh, a group page where all the discussions happening so come join us on there uh we're still trying to build that community it's it uh, we're, it's it's slowly getting there there's You'll people that there. are talking here and there when they have something to talk about but it'd be nice if like you know we release an episode and mm-hmm. you know we got a bunch of people a conversation kind of starting about people's thoughts but you know we're, we're getting there i think the whole 
year behind last year really set us back so i think if we consistently get some episodes out and build this uh group up a bit uh anyways guys we'd love to hear your thoughts so get a hold of us on there we'll be back soon and uh stay scared stay scared yeah bye guys bye They're going to make like an urban version of the thing called the Thang. (laughs)